1: It's uh, fairly remarkable, the, uh, the extended shelf life that Barack Obama has politically in this country. Uh, here he is. Uh, he's been out of the presidency for quite some time. And yet he is a critical component, obviously, of any reelection campaign for, for President Biden. Still, after all, everything that's happened in the last six to seven years, Barack Obama is still at the top of his game.
2: Is he? Well, that's the word from uh, the uh, plagiarist Mike Barnacle over at MSNBC. Yeah, that's what they want you to believe. He's still at the top of his game. What a wicked analysis from Barnacle. So what is it? Is Barack Obama advising Joe Biden to stay in the game? Or is he directing Joe Biden to get out of the game? Hmm. Let's discuss. It is the Chris Plant show. Michael Pelka in for Chris Plant. Glad to be here. Happy to be here. Uh, that discussion on Morning Joe continued with Barnacle and uh, is it Susan Glasser? I think that's her name. They They were praising Obama. And uh, talking about just how great he was, you know, how, how amazing he was. He walked on water. As a matter of fact, if he had only been near the pond, he could have walked on water and probably saved his chef. Is it too soon for me to make an offhanded sort of tasteless joke about the death of a 45-year-old man? Uh, no, it's not. And we need full transparency on the death of that man on the Obama's property at Martha's Vineyard almost two weeks ago. We still don't know the full story because, you know, of course, uh, they haven't written the full story yet. But this this discussion with Barnacle and Glasser continued, and they were breaking down the popularity of uh, Barack Obama.
0: No, I think that's an excellent point to make because, the, you know, you look at the incredible contrast between the actions of uh Donald Trump and his predecessor, Barack Obama. And what's remarkable is that uh, one of the reasons I think Obama's popularity has held among Democrats is because, you know, there was no scandal in his administration.
2: Whoa, 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 Truth alert. Woo, 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 woo. Truth alarms going off everywhere. <laughs> Ms. Glasser, Susan Glasser, who writes for The New Yorker, dutifully saying you know, there were no scandals in his administration. Wow. I wonder what James Rosen would think about that. The spying on journalists, AP reporters, James Rosen over Fox News, Sharon Atkinson. That's just one. One of those. Um, can we go to the IRS scandal? Uh, the IRS clamping down on. Applications for nonprofit status from groups that were conservatives—I know because I wrote the story that broke nationally from TheBlaze.com. dot com. Even even uh, the Huffington Post recognized that. Yeah, we we broke that story that Obama's IRS had been weaponized against conservative organizations. They hit them with mountains of requests for paperwork. While they were waiting on their nonprofit status and what it was meant to do was shut down any activities by these conservative groups ahead of the election. The process is the penalty and that's what the left often does is they they wrap you up in massive process. So we had uh, I'm just going off my top of my head here. Uh, the spying on the journalists, uh, James Rosen, Cheryl Atkinson, come to mind. I think there were a couple others in the AP. The IRS scandal. Let's let's see if we can all remember. Oh, Benghazi. Benghazi was definitely a scandal during that administration. Yeah. The NSA spying scandal. Uh, yeah, that's there. Bo Bergdahl. I would call Bo Bergdahl a scandal. Left Leftist post, went over the Taliban. We had American soldiers dying, looking for him. And Obama then traded, traded five high profile Taliban prisoners for Bergdahl. Hmm. The VA death list scandal. Remember that the Department of Veterans Affairs had put veterans on a secret death list. Uh, yeah that was a big deal. Cylindra, can we talk about cylindra, the green energy mess? Yeah, we spent five hundred and thirty five million taxpayer dollars on the crony capitalist deal, cylindra, which also you know you could you could extend um, an arm and reach over and touch the Fisker Motors deal. That Joe Biden was so proud of because he said he was going to take the the old retired General Motors plant in Delaware, where I live. I know this story uh, very, very intimately and revive it by by putting this taxpayer funded huge new property uh, building electric cars that cost one hundred and forty thousand dollars. We know this because Hunter bought one. We don't know how he paid for it. And Hunter was involved in negotiating the money that was going to come from Delaware and the federal government, guaranteed guaranteed taxpayer-funded loans to open this car company, Fisker. They uh, also – they caught fire a lot, so they didn't really make too many of those cars. And there's others I'm sure. I can't remember of all. Can we count the Hillary Clinton secret server in there? I think we can. That happened under his watch. Uh, We have to talk about uh, the Fast and the Furious scandal. That ridiculous program using American gun dealers and straw purchases to arm Mexican drug lords so that the administration could then get all upset about the lax regulations on gun sales. Yeah, it was all targeting the Second Amendment, of course. Uh, It's amazing. For these people to say, there were were no scandals. How dare you say there were scandals? And I'm not even going to touch. If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. There are lists everywhere of the scandals. These are the ones that come to mind. And uh, I I know that there are many, many more. You're welcome to share yours as well. But this all is uh, coming about. All this chatter is coming about because... Barack Obama privately apparently warned Joe Biden about Donald Trump's strengths. Well, if he wasn't aware of Donald Trump's strengths by now, if Joe Biden was not not able to figure it out, then there's a bigger problem in Biden's brain than we know. And that alone should be the reason why he should step aside. Now, I, I firmly believe, I firmly believe, That uh, Joe Biden is not going to be the nominee. And while I may be wrong on the timing, I don't think I'm wrong on the ultimate, the ultimate decision. I think Biden is seriously considering this very weekend while he's out there riding his bike again, riding his bike this morning. (laughs) There was a very interesting moment. Uh, The press is out there following Joe Biden and he rides by. Uh, Brandon Falls, the area where he fell off his bike, he's not stopping. They're not letting him stop anymore. They will not permit him to stop. And the press is yelling, Mr. President, will you talk to us when you come back around the other way? And he just kind of yells, probably not. Great. How is this different from the rest of your administration where you really won't talk to us? You really won't answer questions from an inquisitive media. Not happening. It's embarrassing. But I do think that maybe Obama was brought to the White House in June to have a sit-down with Joe, a private lunch with Joe, to talk with him about, "Hmm, this might be the time. You you said you were going to be a one-term president. You were going to be a transitional president. And then kind of move on, shuffle out. But here's the dilemma. Here's what I think the dilemma is. Tell me if I'm wrong. I think the hardest thing they're going to have to do is convince Kamala that she can't be the nominee, that it has to be somebody like Newsom. And therein lies the rub. But could you have a Newsom-Harris ticket? Uh, can you imagine how the Democrats are going to have to sell that to California super liberals at the top of the ticket? Uh, yeah, Gavin and Cammie has an awful ring to it, doesn't it? But I think that's what was going on. I think Obama was brought in to have that talk with Joe, the talk about, well, it's time. We have to take the keys away. We got to take the keys away from the presidential limo. Let's see. I did bring up Fast and Furious. I just got a text message. I, I talked about Fast and Furious. That was the, uh, dr- uh, the gun-running operation. That's one of the biggest scandals ever in this the uh, Obama administration. But uh, thank you all for remembering that. Uh, let's uh, let's float over to the phones and see what's going on. Don is in uh, Chicago, Illinois, my old hometown. An old South Sider I am, Don. And then we moved up to uh, the Wonder Years-like suburbs of the north side, where both Chris and I live, just around the corner from each other. Welcome to the program, sir.
1: Thanks, Michael, for talking to me again. Um, I'm heading up to Wilmette, so I know your area fondly. I'm on 294 right now. Uh, well, st- stop
2: but- by Gilson Beach for me, will you? Right there in Wilmette. That's that's where we used to watch the submarine races as teenagers.
1: <laughs> yeah, I tried that a couple times myself. Yeah, it worked. Uh, uh, the reason I called was because. There's a couple of reasons. Uh, the one, you, you just brought up Camilla, which uh, brought something to mind. you got to take care of Dr. Jill, too. She loves being in the White House. You're going to oh, yeah. have to convince her also. So that's not going to be an easy sale. But the, the other reason I called was this has nothing to do with Joe. It has nothing to do with Hunter. And I know Delaware is corrupt, but Chicago wrote the book on corruption. And
3: <laughs>
1: yes. this, this, is, this is all about protecting Barack Obama. Don't forget, Obama told Joe to go to the Ukraine. He gave him the assignment. And when Joe was talking about how he had the the prosecutor fired, and the guy said he didn't have enough authority to do to hold back the loan, he said call the president. So he indicted him. And and this is all about the media hovering around and protecting the the uh, former president to to save face with him. And uh, and if and if uh, if. Uh, Barack went and visited Joe, and they had a one-on-one. It was like Rush used to say, either your brains or your signature is going to be on this paper before I leave. So <laughs> either that or Joe, Joe gets the shot behind the ear from a three-letter uh, agency in Washington, uh, and he just goes away. Because that's the Chicago way.
2: That is the Chicago way, and a nice callback on the, uh, the birthplace of political corruption. Truly is my old hometown, your current town. Uh, yeah, that yep. that therein lies the reality that uh, Joe Biden did name check Barack Obama when he was at that um, uh, policy meeting and admitted that the, the Ukrainians challenged him, that he didn't have the authority and that it what? was uh, Obama's. And he said, call him up. Go ahead. Call yeah. him up if you he want. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I, I'm sure uh, there was some of that brought up as well. We we'll just stop talking about that, Joe? We can't. We can't have that come up anymore.
1: Isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't that around the time when um, uh, Obama said uh, Joe can screw anything up or something like that? To yeah, that don't uh,
2: don't underestimate <laughs> Joe right. Biden's ability to f things up. And he used That's the right. whole word. He didn't That's abbreviate. Right, in That's
1: Chicago, true. We would say in Chicago we would say the man could screw up a one car funeral.
2: Yes, he could. Joe Joe would be able to do that. He absolutely would. He make a wrong turn somewhere, end up at the ice cream parlor <laughs> instead of the, the cemetery. Oh, it's it's funny, but it's also tragic because we have to deal it's with sad. it. Good good call on the uh, Jill Biden thing. She was the one who uh, made the decision early on. She was the decider as. Uh, as George Bush would have said. Yeah. She's the one I think they have to convince. So maybe that's what the discussion was about. Thank you, Don. Appreciate you. Say hi to my old hometown. I miss it. I got a lot of family. there listening as well. Uh, We, we have to get to another amazing clip from another Biden family member. Joe's sister was asked a question. Yeah. Some people say she is, uh, She's the Biden whisperer. She's the one that has his ear along with Jill. She said something absolutely insane yesterday. Insane, stupid, laughable, whatever you want to call it. I'll share it with you just around the corner. The phones are open. 888-630-9625, 9625 It's the Chris Plant Show. My name is Michael Pelka. And for my friend, Chris Plant.
4: You're listening to The Chris Plant Show.
3: Hey, Chris here with some exciting news. Now you can listen to me live on the WMAL app. Doesn't matter if you're in your car, in the office, on the go. The WMAL app delivers crystal clear around-the-clock news coverage anywhere with cell service or Wi-Fi. So don't miss a second of your favorite shows. Download the WMAL app today on the Apple App Store, or at Google Play Store.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's Shopify.com/slash system.
2: It is the Chris Plant Show. My name is Mike Opelka in for Chris Plant. I promised you a clip that uh, was jaw-droppingly stupid. Now, there's a, a woman named Valerie Biden Owens, she is Joe Biden's sister, that many on the left say she's his his uh, political whisperer. She has his ear and she she gets in there and tells him what to do. Now, I listen to my brothers and sisters, but I like to think I make my own decisions. Uh, She was asked she was apparently uh, in high demand for interviews and she was asked the all important question about uh, Meghan Markle. Probably the only person in America more disliked than Kamala Harris Such so such a high disapproval rating. And I think left and right, because, a we fought not to have a royal family and this grifter wants to be part of the royal family. She married into it and now destroyed that. And uh, she had a career holding a briefcase on deal or no deal. And then she got a part on a TV show that I never watched. And then she found her way to marry a member of the royal family. And as I said, then destroyed the royal family like Yoko broke up the Beatles. Uh, That's my opinion. But uh, Biden's sister was asked, well, you know, what about Meghan Markle as a possible future candidate? (laughs) I stopped. I said, wait, what? Did somebody really ask that question? Yes, they did. And we have the answer as well.
0: It's wonderful to have women in politics and uh, we embrace all women and we welcome her to come in and join the Democratic Party.
2: Well, I, I want to let the rest of it play, but you don't embrace all women. That's a lie. That's Bravo Sierra. That's a dump truck full of Bravo Sierra. You do not embrace all women. You only embrace women who will agree with you. You only embrace women who are able to put their their actual principles aside and agree with your, your mandated curriculum of democratic madness. Uh, but she's asked about this Meghan Markle person and whether or not she'd make a good presidential candidate.
3: She'll make a good potential candidate one day maybe for president?
2: Yes, perhaps. Of course she will. Well, now we know that... Uh, Mental illness runs in the Biden family. Joe's not the only one with oatmeal brains. Apparently, his sister Valerie has some cognitive issues, too. It's Michael Pelka in for Chris Plant on The Chris Plant Show.
4: This is The Chris Plant Show. This podcast is sponsored by Monarch Money. Are you saving to reach your financial goals? Reaching those goals isn't just about getting more money
2: It is the Chris Plant Show. Michael Pelka here on a Thursday. Tomorrow's Obama's birthday. I wonder if, um, if Joey's going to make an announcement from the beach about it. maybe. I don't know. They have been talking, as we learned today. We learned that uh, Barack Obama had a meeting at the White House in June with Joe Biden. We're told it's to tell Joe not to, not to underestimate Donald Trump's strength really i do believe that there there's going to be an attempt to convince joe biden and and maybe a credible attempt to convince him he shouldn't run he really can't run for the good of the party joey for the you're going to have presidential security for the rest of your life you got the beach house yeah, you you're not going to get hired to do speeches because you can't do speeches but you can you can You know, cash in all of your chips from your days with Hunter and all the money that was vacuumed up from from Romania and Ukraine and China and Russia and God knows where else. The tens of millions, as many as $50 million have been alleged to be coming in to the Biden crime family. We'll see where that goes. So it's not like he needs the money, but it's hard from an ego standpoint to surrender that power it really has to be difficult and some of you have said accurately i think that it it's Jill Biden who really is the one the first lady who's the one who doesn't want joe to give up the power and she's going to hang on as as long as she can really as long as she can uh, that that's the uh, the curious statement here uh, and or maybe Maybe the, uh, the New York Times poll that was quoted on CNN is going to wake up Joe Biden and the rest of the Democrats. Dana Bash on CNN yesterday. A New York Times poll confirms the current political reality. Donald Trump can win a rematch with Joe Biden. There you go. There you go. Donald Trump can. And anything that can happen Usually does happen eventually. We shall see. Uh, We're also talking about the fact that if you convince Biden to get out of the race, even though you could say, I'm going to finish my term here, but I'll get out of the race, that does make him a lame duck president. And it also might force him to try and push forward on some of the reforms and some of the laws that he wants to happen. God knows how many executive orders he could write, which should trouble all of us. But what do you do with Kamala then? Because she's been told she's on the ticket. Does she think she automatically bumps up? I don't think so. It certainly looks like with this potential debate that's now been agreed upon between uh, Ron DeSantis and Gavin Newsom, that there could be a, a second race being tested, poll tested, if you will. So what about a ticket of... Kamala Harris and Gavin Newsom. What, a, what about that potential? Uh, Greg Gutfeld talked about it last night on The Five.
4: My feeling the only way that Kamala sticks around is as Gavin Newsom's running mate. And then you're going to get two people from California representing the Democrats. I mean, that's the worst state in the union. That's like choosing two members of The View to represent America in the Miss Universe pageant. It's not a good choice.
2: I agree with him. And I I like the analogy as well. (laughs) Two members of the U to represent America in the Miss Universe pageant. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, A a few of you have called in to raise questions about this. One of one of you being Russ from Winchester, Virginia. Hello, Russ. Welcome to the Chris Plant Show. Oh, we got to get Russ in here. Are you is, is Russ still with us?
1: hear
2: me? Yeah, I hear you now.
1: Okay. I thank you for taking my call. A long time.
2: Well, Ross, are, are you on a speakerphone? It's really hard to hear you. You might have to get a
4: little closer.
1: I'm on I'm on my Bluetooth and I can't reach my phone right now. If you want to, okay. I'll, I'll back later.
2: Well, you might need to make your point quickly then I'll address it because oh, I think I have so the answer.
3: I believe constitutionally, two people from the state
1: state cannot run. Uh, there's been questions about that in the past, um, and a number of times we've never. Seen, I don't think we've ever seen two people from the same state run on the same ticket.
2: Well, I'll answer that, and I'm sorry your phone is uh, so difficult to hear. Russ was saying he believes two people from the same state, residing in the same state, cannot run on the same ticket. This question has been bandied about many, many, many times. When people were first talking about a Trump DeSantis ticket, folks were saying, I can't happen, can't happen. So we we did some digging and the folks at the Civics Project said there's no prohibition against the president and the vice presidential candidates being from the same state. And this goes back to some uh, old rules. Some rules. The confusion is born of the Constitution's Article 2, Paragraph 3, that states the elector shall vote for two persons, of whom one at least shall not be an inhabitant of the same state with themselves. Meaning, you know, at the time they didn't want two people from Virginia running as president, vice president. And then if you fast forward, because, you know, the Constitution changes, it was changed. In 1804, a little bit of history here, uh, the Electoral College electors would vote for two people. The winner of the most votes would be the president, and the candidate finishing second became the vice president. And then it changed again. In 1804, the 12th Amendment was adopted, which addresses some of the confusion around the Electoral College and the altered process. The vice president was put on a separate ballot. So by doing that, you created a clear path to have the electors vote for the president and vote for the vice president, and they wouldn't be restricted. So the current belief, and these are good people at the Civics Project, and Jeff was asking uh, during the break, the great Jeff Wolf was asking, uh, have we ever had this before? Yes and no. Back in 2000, George Bush uh, picked Dick Cheney, George Bush from Texas, who had been living and Dick Cheney, who had been living in Texas. Now, four days before he was chosen by Bush, Cheney simply changed his residency back to Wyoming, where he had served the people of Wyoming in Congress from there. So technically, it was not people from the same state. And I think that's... uh, that's an easy answer. So it could happen that Kamala Harris and uh, and Gavin Newsom could be on the same ticket. I just don't know if she's going to give up the opportunity or, or what she probably considers her right to be on the top of the ticket. Even though she's so roundly disliked around the country, <laughs> it's amazing to me, really amazing to me. Uh, the other story that's kind of absolutely bizarro, uh, Steve Bannon, you remember Steve Bannon? He's still out there. Uh, he he was saying yesterday he believes that a uh, the possibility of a Donald Trump and uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. ticket would bring in at least 60 percent of all the votes. I think that's an interesting bit of fantasy. I don't know if it's going anywhere. And I certainly don't see Robert Kennedy signing on for that, even though he said some complimentary things to uh, President Trump. I, I I don't think there's a real solid chance of that happening. So we shall see. And again, we're a couple of weeks away from the debates. Uh, the rumors are out there that Donald Trump is probably going to show up as he has been hanging out schmoozing with the executives from Fox. One of the people I know who will be there and I think is uh, – Uh, A fascinating candidate, does he have the ability to get enough attention to take the lead among the GOP? I don't know, but he certainly is somebody who's not afraid to get out and speak very clearly to the people. That person is Vivek Ramiswamy. He was on with uh, Brett Baer and said uh, this. And I think this is, um, it's a purely political statement, but I agree with it 100%.
4: We live in a moment where the government tells us we can't handle the truth. Actually, I believe we, the people in this country, we can handle the truth. And we live in a moment where we demand the truth. That's why we fought an American revolution to say that we, the people, determine how our government governs and they're accountable to us, not the other way around. And that rejects the old world vision that it is a small group of elites that decide behind the palace halls what's right for everybody else at large. So that's actually a fundamental theme for this campaign, Brett. And it shows up in many ways.
2: Yeah, he is going everywhere and speaking to every possible group he can. And I respect him for that. I think he's a good old fashioned candidate, shakes hands, looks you in the eye and tells you what he feels. And he's also not a swamp creature. He's a guy who made his own money. He's a guy whose parents came here so he could become an American. The story we heard yesterday, the powerful story from the Romanian woman who was issuing a, a, a clarion call, a warning, if you will, to the people of America. You're going down the wrong path. Uh, the uh, the parents of Vivek Ramiswami brought him here because the opportunity was here. And uh, he he's got advanced degrees. He's made a boatload of money, and now he wants to put his brains to use for the country that gave him all this opportunity. Hard not to like that argument. Really hard not to like that argument. I uh, also wanted to point out something interesting. We talked uh, a couple days ago about the fact that the CDC seems to be advocating for mask wearing again because there is a slight spike In COVID cases, and most of us know that this is normal, that you're going to see a return to some of the COVID cases. And I'm always concerned that these guys will use this as an opportunity to once again lock down everybody. Joe will go back to the basement. There won't be a campaign in 2024. Uh, Schools might get locked down again. I'm not happy about that. And in fact, I I even point to Canada. Canada. There was a story out of Canada yesterday that it makes my my heart light. Uh, the Canadian courts have overturned a lot of the lockdowns because of the way they were done. Yeah, they were done like, like stormtroopers coming in and locking things down. So I think that's a good sign. Maybe we'll look to Canada and go, hey, we shouldn't have done that too. But I get nervous when I see the new nominees. Like Fauci's replacement – Fauci's replacement is somebody out of the University of Alabama at Birmingham, uh, a doctor who pushed for face masks in school and doesn't shake people's hands because she's afraid of COVID. Uh, and it's not like she said it just once. She said it many, many
3: times. Please consider wearing a mask when you go out. You don't need to wear one when you're at home. Masks in young People going to school over the age of six. All the things we've been talking about, mask wearing, hand hygiene, and social distancing. Masks have contributed to the control of this pandemic in other communities. Even mask wearing, except when you're eating, you can prevent it with very good masks. The three basic rules, wear a mask, make sure you wash your hands frequently or use hand sanitizer, and keep your distance.
2: That's Dr. Fauci's replacement, and she wants masks back. I'm guaranteeing you, if there's a spike in COVID, they're going to push for masking. They're going to look at uh, going around and closing down the schools again. Uh, I'm a big no on that. I hope we, the people, are prepared to stand up and say, no, (laughs) we've been here, done that, and we got the T-shirt. Especially when you look at the education deficit that was created because of all this. A couple of bits of housekeeping. Uh, Earlier, we talked about the uh, Susan Glasser on MSNBC saying the Obama administration was scandal free. Our our friends at Grabian, Tom Elliott over at Grabian, posted a list of 700 scandals (laughs) during the Obama administration. 700 scandals. Now, some of them are kind of tied to each other and related, but they are all there with dates and links to the stories. I posted a tweet. If you ever want to keep track of this, it's a good thing to have, a good information arrow to have in your quiver when you come across some of the crazy lefties out there. Uh, And uh, talking about Canada, um, Justin Trudeau and his wife of 18 years are splitting, and they've asked us for privacy. I don't have a problem with that. I hope you will give the people of Canada privacy as well. There's only one Chris Plant, the Chris Plant Show. Uh, Before we get out of this break, too, uh, there's an update on the uh, on the Biden beach house because we talk about the Biden beach house. One of the Chris Plant listeners in the state of Delaware. Greg is on the phone. Hello, Greg. Welcome to the Chris Plant Show. Yeah, we talk about uh, lower, slower Delaware, which is predominantly uh, conservative. You know, all the all the libs live in the northern part of Delaware, unless they're down at their beach houses like the Bidens. Is Greg with us? Yep. Yep. Can you hear me, Mike? I do. Loud and clear, brother. What What? Awesome. What, what? do you want to tell us?
3: Well, you know, uh, you, you like to talk about uh, Joe's beach house and. Uh, it, it, it sparked my curiosity. And so I went to the public records and uh, found something fascinating. And uh, the, the the person that sold Joe that house purchased it in October of 2007 for $3,257,963. $3, they turned around and sold it to Joe. Almost ten years later, for five hundred thousand dollars less, now who owns property for 10 years and takes a bath on it?
2: Yeah, I would like to see I'd like to see the overall uh, area real estate numbers because uh, that house, especially the size and location of it, it's one of the nicest beach houses in the state, and for someone to lose money over a 10 year period, they either have to be the dumbest person on the planet. Or they have to be in search of some kind of political connection. Hmm. I wonder, uh-huh. I wonder which one it is. It's
3: very interesting. And then just in the process of, of looking for this information, it's interesting that, that Google has scrubbed the, 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 uh, the view where you drive by. They've scrubbed his, his house off the uh, Internet. So if anybody ever wanted to know which house it is, it's the one that's been scrubbed. Just drive around and Google Maps. <laughs> it's,
2: the, it's the one you can't see. Just go to the empty That's spot. Right. It, it's right there. That's wonderful. And, and and they're they've, so they've obvious.
3: Scrubbed, uh, they've scrubbed his name uh, off, the, off, the, off the cover sheet of the records. But if you drill down in the record, then it's still there. But it says unknown. Or some of them says we held on request.
2: I love they uh, think we're stupid, Greg. I got to rock and roll. I'm up against the clock. But thank you. Thank you for the update. Isn't that interesting? The Bidens by a Beach House for a half a million dollars then it was less than what it was purchased for 10 years earlier Mm. Uh, we'll wrap things up just around the corner Michael Pelka in for Chris Plant on the Chris Plant Show
4: there's only one Chris Plant the Chris Plant Show
2: Chris Plant We're wrapping up business on this Thursday, August 3rd. Mike Opelka in for Chris Plant. If you need to know more and uh, review the stories we covered today, you can go to pureopelka.com. Pureopelka.com. I post uh, a list of all the stories that caught my attention. One we didn't get to break down, and I think it's worth a scan, is Donald Trump's op-ed in Newsweek today. Mr. Trump, the former president, has a very well-crafted opinion piece entitled, The Real Victim of Russiagate Hoax Wasn't Me, It Was the American People. He's right. And he goes through it in a pretty well-crafted statement. And I advise you to get it while you can. Donald Trump, op-ed in Newsweek, The Real Victim of Russiagate Wasn't Me, it was you, the American people. Well, watch the, uh, the proceedings today and report back tomorrow. Till next time. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. <laughs>